2018, I started conducting Facebook Live interviews, having conversations with military veterans, sharing their stories of service, sacrifice, and life out of the uniform. This is one of those stories. Keep in mind that while the timeline is off, the stories remain timeless. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Defender Fitness Alliance. Um, I'm your host, Raiden Dionisio. Um, with me this evening, I have a very special guest. He is a combat uh, wounded veteran. Um, he is also with the Pennsylvania Army National Guard. He's an ambassador for Oscar Mike Foundation and Enduring Warrior. Um, he engages with audiences by bringing his ideas of battling mental health adversity from his own life experiences and ideas of hardship after the loss of his career in the armed forces. Um, I have with me none other than Army Staff Sergeant Earl Granville. How are you, man? Thanks for having me. Hey, Earl, thanks for uh, joining, uh, joining me here and uh, allowing me to share your story. Um, so first off, let's let's start about um, let's start off with what you're doing now and um, what's going on with your career. So right now I'm a public speaker and I uh, just speak on uh, healthy ways to battle adversity and understand that the things that happen in our life don't have to define who we are. And even though sometimes we can't control the things that happen in our life, but we still have control of the choices we make. And uh, moving forward with that, living a healthy and happy life. And I work for two nonprofits. One, like you mentioned, is Operation Enduring Warrior. Here's the logo mm -hmm. right here. The other one is called Oscar Mike. And both help wounded and disabled veterans live an active lifestyle after their injury. And I am a student at the University of Scranton. And I've been a senior for about three years now. Since I've been a public speaker, I've uh, taken some time off of school and uh, focused mainly on speaking. And I... I really, really love what I do. Um, I'm on the road quite a bit and trying to juggle both was just very difficult. But um, right. my goal in life is to get back and get my degree in counseling and human services. And I'm almost there, but in the right time. Awesome. And so, um, you know, you talked about public speaking and um, I was wondering how, how's that going? Because I'm kind of interested in uh, going into that as well. How do you balance with the public speaking and, you know, um, going to school as well? Well, like I said before, I've, I've taken time off of school for the past three years because of my public speaking. Mm. Um, the last semester I had at school before I decided to take some time off, it was a very tough semester trying to juggle both. And so I decided to 
step back from school a little bit. I had, I talked to my advisor first of all, and then I asked her if would this is this very cool? Should we take a step out of school right now? And uh, she actually encouraged me and said, "Look, we're not going anywhere. What you speak about and what you do is very important. Go on and do your thing, and come back when you're ready." And uh, so that's that's what I decided to do. It was kind of like strike while the iron's hot. I was too afraid if I went off and finished my degree and came back, maybe these opportunities would still be there. So right. I decided to just take time off of school and focus directly on this. And so far, so good. I work very independently. Uh, the magic of social media. I just bought a domain and actually going to be an adult about this, build a website and move forward with that right now. But right now, the magic of social media has been very, very helpful right. with my mission and uh, just my ideas of helping people battle their mental demons. And I mean, school is always going to be there, right? If you decide later on to go back to it. Um, and like you said, it seems like you're making a bigger impact in, in society, uh, you know, doing the public speaking and talking about ways and uh, healthy ways to battle some, some adverse adversities that uh, have people have had, especially within our community. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what, um, so far, I mean, I feel like I've been successful with that is the feedback I get back from my audience and just the random messages I get from social media and those relationships that I build and some of this unbelievable, um, just people and mm -hmm. opening up with their stories after they seen my program. And it's, I, I can't tell you how humbling it's been just hearing just these people sharing their stories with me and getting very personal as I, after I got personal with them, with my story of losing my leg and losing my brother. And it's uh, it, it tells me that I, I need to keep doing this and mm -hmm. I just need to learn how to also better myself at this. I guess you could call it a career right now. Awesome, man. So, um, so also Defender Fitness Alliance, man, we're all about trying to change lives for the better. Um, you know, trying to make a positive impact in, in people's lives, especially our, our veteran community. What is one thing that you want to take away for those, those people that are listening now or may watch this later on? What's one thing you, uh, you want them to take away from this interview? What I would love for especially our veteran community, and I think society in general can learn from this, but especially our veteran community, is look, guys and girls out there, the world doesn't owe us shit. Let's be real, guys. The world doesn't owe us anything. Nobody made us do this job. Nobody forced, put a gun to our head to move forward and, and make this our career. We decided to do this. Right. And I don't know if you hear the dogs out there barking. Somebody must be here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, and what I would love us to understand is I truly believe that one of the biggest we always talk about suicide when it comes to our veterans today right. with the struggles they face when they come home and when they take off the uniform like how come so many veterans are killing themselves a day and society likes to bring it up to post-traumatic stress oh it must be post-traumatic stress you know what I gotta be honest with you man I truly don't believe it's pro just post-traumatic stress don't get me wrong I feel like some struggles that we face over there, that staring death in the face, having buddies of ours killed, and maybe our lives are altered. But I truly do believe that it's more than that. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest issues that we face when we take that uniform off is an identity crisis. You know, our whole most of us join as soon as we become an adult, or we're still young adults. Okay, you know, we're not even old enough to rent a fucking car yet, and you know, we, we sign up for this job, 
whatever branch you are in the armed forces, and our whole life is combat boots and rifles. Okay, our most of our adult life. Okay, right. that is you know full of purpose, full of passion, and you're part of something bigger than yourselves. You know, the purpose of the military, it's self-explanatory. The passion that comes with that blue cord infantry, 0311 Marines, the globe and anchors that they all get tattoos of. You're part of something bigger than yourself. And I think the hardest struggle we face, my opinion, is when we take that uniform off, we lose all those things that developed us and who we are when we wear the uniform. And now we feel lost. What do we do with ourselves then? And something I like to just tell my audience is we have to refill those voids. In. We have to find a new purpose. We have to develop a new passion. We have to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. You know, and I always use the examples like I use, like being part of these nonprofits, reaching goals for not just myself, but assisting others reach their physical goals, which I think helps us, helps us mentally. That's what helps me. But we all have it out there. We have to find it. How do we find those three Ps? Purpose, passion, part of something? We have to change the shitty attitude, all right? Dysfunctional veteran, that's not going to get you anywhere, man. You have to change the shitty attitude, okay? Number two, you have to step out of your comfort zone. You have to find, you know, if you stay stagnant, you're never going to advance. If you don't want right. to change, you're never going to move forward. And number three, it's your self-responsibility, not mine, not anybody else's. You're the only one that's going to make that decision and make that leap to move forward to find what works for you. You know, you, you can have every resource right at your fingertips. But if you don't take that leap for yourself to step out of your comfort zone, you're never going to get there. Does that make sense? That does. And, um, you know, with, uh, with the veterans that I've interviewed uh, previously, I feel like, um, to, to your first point, it's, you know, the world, you know, the civilian people, like, they don't all this shit, you know, <laughs> like, people, uh, I think veterans nowadays, there's, there's, there's this thing where there's like, um, their privilege in some sort of way and maybe uh more than some in civilian in civilian world but in reality guys like this is what we signed up for right like we we signed up to go in harm's way to protect our our nation and to defend it and no matter what the cost mm -hmm. um and i feel like what what you were saying earlier is like we lose once we get out and once we you know shift to the civilian sector once we are out of the uniform we lose that camaraderie like um that team that team that teamwork right and we're all trying to find ourselves after the military so right. so i feel like that's uh that's the hardest part for for our, our veterans out there right right now um i truly i i truly do agree with you on that i i think that is the biggest struggle we face that's just my opinion but I think it is part of that identity and losing that, you know, yeah. especially in situations that we're faced with over there. And those, not even just the good and the bad, the experience itself, everything that comes with it, it's something you can't find in the civilian. I mean, maybe you can, maybe I shouldn't uh, really jump and say that, but you have to find that camaraderie once again, if you really miss it that much here. And you also can't put yourself above civilians. You know, I, I I got some of my best friends never served in the military now, you know, whether it be uh, students that I, you know, was with in college and these nonprofits I work for, most of us are uh, former military or still serving in these mm -hmm. nonprofits, but we also have a lot of civilians that like to help out too, whether we're on a Spartan race for 12 hours, helping a guy with no legs get through the race, or maybe he's blind. 
you know, all walks of life are out there assisting and whether it's military or civilian, you know, obviously you deal with experiences as a veteran, but that doesn't mean you need to isolate yourself and only connect with other veterans. I mean, us as Americans, that's what I always, us as Americans and human beings, I think we, we all can get along together and I don't think nobody is above one another. Right. Let's, let's take out the labels, right? Like civilian veteran. We're all the same people guys. Like we all go through life struggle the same way. Uh, you, you never know if, you know, if you have, uh, you know, somebody that's, you know, hasn't served that might've gone through some similar situations that you have. So there's that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I truly do believe that. And I only say that because there was a point in my life, you know, after I lost my leg on my third deployment and more tragically, I lost uh, my twin brother two years after losing my leg. Um, I lost Joe. He was um, he was active duty in the National Guard, he, AGR status for anybody who isn't familiar, like how the National Guard works. He was in an active guard reserve position and he committed suicide. Worst fucking day of my life, man. After experiencing something like that, I I went to like. After his funeral and a dust settle and everything like that, I felt like the world owed me everything mm. for the adversity I endured. I was I was Uncle Rico. I was that guy at bars making sure everybody knew what I did All in right. the past, making sure, hopefully, in my mind, thinking the world owed me everything. In reality, the world owed me shit. Does that make sense? If you guys, mm. if you guys are familiar with Uncle Rico, if you've seen Napoleon Dynamite, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was that dude that was just living in the past. Living in the past. Reality, yeah. it wasn't going to get me anywhere. So right. I had to advance. I had to move forward. I just got sick of being that way. And I started stepping out of my comfort zone. And, and just one of the biggest things was challenging myself physically. And that led into a path that I live now of not only helping myself, but it led into a path of, fitness becoming my new passion, just like my passion in the military, with a purpose of public speaking. And I'm part of something bigger than myself. And these nonprofits are a good example of how we use those to be a part of something. Does that make sense? Well, let's talk about like, um, like you transition out of the service, right? You, you said you lost your, uh, your leg on your third deployment? Uh, correct. Yeah, I was in Afghanistan in 2008. Okay. And then how... How did the whole uh, transition process, how, how was that experience uh, for you? Well, for myself, um, to be totally honest with you, I think a little bit of the transition was, transition was a little easier being that my whole career was National Guard. So like on these deployments I've done in the past, I've always transitioned back to a civilian life. Does that make sense? Okay. But this, after this deployment, this transition was, completely different than the other two deployments I've been on because one descended my whole career and two I'm now <laughs> I left part of me in Afghanistan and now it's just completely changed my life forever uh, being what society calls disabled or losing my leg mm -hmm. um, but that identity of taking that uniform off there was a little bit of a struggle absolutely because it's something I, I didn't choose for this to happen um, and it definitely was a big struggle in the beginning 
because it's something I missed and loved and feared so much. Something that I completely joined for a selfish reason. I joined Constricted for college benefits. That's it. But then 9-11 happened, and mm. I learned that this isn't about me and my education. This is something much bigger than myself. And being a part of something like that on these deployments made me love my job. I knew I wanted to do this forever. So transitioning out of that was very, very challenging. You know, and it was my time out. I didn't, you know, I, I'll say when I lost my leg, I went to Walter Reed Army Medical Center and did my rehab there. Wonderful, wonderful facility. They taught me how to walk again. While I was there, I learned how to snowboard once again with a special prosthetic leg. I was introduced into sled hockey, you know, so I'm playing ice hockey now um, in a sled. And it was great there. Like, it's just the passion that these, we could call them civilians, who worked at Walter Reed. They want to see you succeed. They want to see you get better. It made me appreciate, I guess you could say, civilians so much more. But when it was all said and done, when I medically retired, that's where the struggles happen. What do I do with myself now? How do I move forward? Especially when my life has been so altered, losing my leg. You know, and I think the biggest thing is I had to step out of my comfort zone. Right. I had to, I, I can't, all right, I'm only 24 years old when I lost my leg and 26 when I actually medically retired out of the Army. I, I'm still so young. I have to move forward. What other choice do we have? You know what I mean? The hardest, it, um, yeah. Go ahead. I'm thinking the hardest thing is that leap out of your comfort zone to make right. a new, to, you know, try something different. All right, right. So why is it so hard, do you think, for, I mean, I see it nowadays, I'm still active duty, but for, for some guys to, even when they get out, all they talk about is their time, <laughs> their time in the military, right? The good old days. But why is it so hard for, like, they cling to that, right? And it's, it kind of debilitates them from, you know, transitioning, not just physically, but mentally out of the uniform. Well, I think... Why is it so difficult? It's like I mentioned earlier. I think you're, this has been your whole adult life. This mm -hmm. is it right here. Combat boots and a rifle. And I look at society today of how they treat our military and how much respect we have. You know, 40 years ago, our culture didn't have that. The Armed Forces culture it was uh, you know, obviously very negative to our Vietnam veterans. And I think when we're told all the time, all this praise we get, I know I got it all the time all this praise, all this, you guys are awesome, man. Oh, we support the troops. I, You know, when yeah, people yeah. say we don't support the troops enough, I'm like, look, man, I'm humble as fuck, man. I I feel like I, I got so much praise, and, and I'm very, 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 very grateful for it. I think some people, they just miss part of that. They, they, they let it be their identity. You know, I think some people let it get to their head, and, and people can argue with me. Absolutely, right. they can, and, and, I, and, I, and I accept that. Where they miss that praise, they, they, they miss how society treats them so well that it, you know, it might become a bearing like, man, it becomes so much of their identity, they don't know what to do with themselves yeah. now. And on top of that, what goes inside of that wearing that uniform? Not just society, but inside of that. Like we said before, that camaraderie, that brother and sisterhood, being a part of something bigger than yourself. And I don't give a shit what your job is in the military. No matter who you are, you're making a difference. I don't care if you're sitting in a goddamn tower for eight hours a day. Somebody has to do it. It's something that has to be done, and it's honest work. Everyone has a part to do. And sometimes when you take that uniform off and you don't know what to do with yourself, you know, 
I think that's where the struggle comes into play of why they miss it so much. What do I do with myself now? So they, mm. they just hang on to those glory days, the good old, good old days like you were saying. Hey guys, so we're talking to Earl Granville of uh, Pennsylvania National Army National Guard. Um, I know some of you guys are watching. If you guys have any questions, go ahead and uh, type in the comments. Um, if you have any questions, I got Mark saying, what's up, Earl? How you doing? Uh, Mark hey, Cabal. Um, so yeah, guys, if you guys have any questions for Earl, just um, go ahead and type it in and I'll make sure he, uh, saying, what's up, Earl? he reaches it. All right, so um, Earl, let's, um, how did you get... Uh, let's move forward. How did you move or move? How did you get involved with um, Oscar Mike Foundation and the uh, Operation Enduring Warrior? So what got me involved into um, OEW is after I lost my brother, I started physically challenging myself and living a healthy and happier life. And um, I just kept grabbing onto things to I'd make a goal, and I'd take a next step, make a goal, take a next step. I ran this organization operation during Warrior at a Spartan race in Virginia, and uh, these guys wearing gas masks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, running these races and gas masks and uh, multi-cams, and I'm like, holy shit. And one of their athletes is actually a person I've heard of, and his name is Noah Galloway. Um, mm. If you guys don't know Noah, he lost um, – his left arm and left leg while serving in Iraq with the 101st Airborne. And the dude's a stud, like cover of Men's Health Magazine. Um, you know, really just didn't let it slow him down in life. And very, very humble human being. And he said, hey, man, you want to run, run alongside us today? I'm like, sure, absolutely. Ran the race. It was, at the time, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And afterwards, he asked me, hey, do you want to join us? And I thought, man, uh, that sounds like a, you know, I didn't think I was ready for something like this. And you don't just like join and get your mask moved through the team. Like you have to go through a process and a selection mm -hmm. to actually be put on this team. And I went through a selection at Fort Bragg. And that was one of the most challenging things I've ever done since I lost my leg. And I passed. I, I, I made it um, only a handful of us passed in my class. And to me, that opened my eyes to not letting my injury define who I was. I stopped questioning myself. Does that make sense? So you talked, you said a uh, selection, like to be part of the team to do the races. Is that what you said? Correct. So to, to be a master athlete, to be a part of this team. Oh, uh, okay. I had to, uh, yeah, very, we're, we're all current or former military in OEW. And now we just invited law enforcement as mm. well into our organization, which as you could know, as you know now, they're struggling now in today's society, just how society looks at law enforcement. So we yeah. opened up the doors for them called Task Force Sentinel. By all means, check us out. But um, but yeah, it's a, we went, we go through a selection. We're picked. It's a, a weekend at Fort Bragg, and they just uh, – I won't talk about much what goes on there, but it was very, very grueling and demanding and a lot of teamwork aspect. And some of these things I never thought I would be able to do again since I lost my leg. And to me, it was very humbling, and I stopped questioning myself after that. And what led on to that is um, the Oscar Mike Foundation, yeah. uh, later on that year, reached out to me on the social media saying, hey, we see the work you do. You do. We would love to have you come to one of our events. So they flew me out to Illinois, and I ran a race with them in Wisconsin. And um, I, was, uh, you know, I was so amazed how this organization is run 
very low key. The humility in the founder, his name is Noah Courier. He's a disabled or he's a Marine who was uh, hurt in an automobile accident two days after coming home from Iraq. And uh, now he has a spinal injury and he created this organization, taking guys skydiving, um, learning how to model ski, depending on your injury out in Colorado. And we helped form what's called Team Oscar Mike. And now we're running uh, Spartan races, Tough Mudders, and a lot of OCRs. And uh, that's how I got involved in these two organizations. And I think the teamwork aspect and watching these guys are, I guess you could say our honorees or adaptive athletes, whatever you like to call them, who sign up to run alongside us and watch them reach their goals. It's, it's, it's humbling to be a part of something like that. And I, that ties in, like I said before, being a part of something bigger than yourself is how I always tie these organizations with in the military, you know, we're nonprofits. Um, but I mean, to watch guys like Matthew Bradford, he's a, a wounded Marine who lost his vision and his legs in Iraq, join us in OEW and run a Spartan race. You know, it's, it's, it's humbling and right. watch these guys reach their goals, man. I, I couldn't be more proud to be a part of it. Uh, you know, you kind of, you alluded to it earlier. I mean, it brings what was missing when they were in uniform, right? It brings back that camaraderie and the, the teamwork, uh, uh, bringing back the, that, uh, the aspect of it to to these guys that are you know might have been missing it uh, while they've been out of the uniform and that's exactly it because i gotta tell you living in the past reminding everybody what i did when i was in the military wasn't going to get me back to that you have to step out of your comfort zone and find what works for you you have to fill those voids in once again and maybe something a little similar to what you missed so much in the past does that make sense hey uh earl i don't know if you can disagree with me if you want but i think if you're comfortable you should get uncomfortable. Absolutely. Right. right? That's, like, well, that's, like, that's, there's nothing more defined than stepping out of your comfort zone right there. Right. Like if you're comfortable right now, like you should just get, you should do something to get uncomfortable. Like what's, what's challenging you? Like what's, what's there to challenge you to get you uncomfortable and, you know, progress, not just in, you know, in, in life, man, in general, like just do something. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's what, I mean, the first time we all joined the military, that alone. That was a challenge, right? Like That was that alone right that, there. So yeah. Um, going to boot camp. I remember my time at Fort Benning. I, I looked at my twin. I was in, my brother and I were in boot camp or basic mm-hmm. training when 9-11 happened at Echo 219 Infantry at Fort Benning, Georgia. And I remember looking at Joe and saying, I don't want to fucking do this anymore, man. Like little shithead punk I was. I, I <laughs> honestly, that that was my attitude at the time. Right. But because of Joe, I, I I stuck through it. Like everybody, there's so many people going AWOL. I don't want to do this anymore, and I was almost was one of those guys. And Joe kind of kicked me in the ass and say, "Don't be that douchebag. Stick with it." Right. And tell you what, it was definitely stepping out of my comfort zone. Just staying there, if that makes sense. Mm. But it took me. Um, you know, when we graduated, we were shipped to Bosnia shortly after with our unit in the guard, the 109th infantry, and we both volunteered for Iraq, but that Iraq deployment of stepping out of my comfort zone and volunteering for that made me want to do this job in the guard for the rest of my life. And it took me to find something so valuable in my life 
what helped me get there was stepping out of my comfort zone. You know what I mean? And you know, you'll never know. You'll never know what you enjoy until you actually try it. Mm-hmm. And that Iraq deployment made me turn my head around and realize I love this job wearing this uniform, um, becoming an NCO, being in charge of guys. Like it made me love my job so much. And, you know, we came up, I re-upped and I, I re-upped my contract while I was in Iraq. And then that's when I volunteered for Afghanistan afterwards. Yeah. So stepping out of my comfort zone was a huge thing in my life to make me find this passion. And, right. and I think with these organizations, it's the same thing. You know, getting up on a podium and speaking, same thing. You know, the first time I did that, I was scared shitless. I was asking. That is, yeah, that is I, uncomfortable. I was asking, <laughs> I, um, a friend of mine named Kevin Bitbender asked, he's a, I don't know his position, but he, he works at a federal prison, but he's way up the food chain. He's not a warden, but he's like a little underneath them. And he asked me to come speak to their corrections officers because they had a suicide. Um, one of their corrections officers committed suicide, and he was a former um, MP in the Army. I was like, what the fuck do you want me to say to these guys? Like, oh, your story, losing your leg, losing your brother. So I got up there and I just won it. And I was very unprofessional. Uh, no, my, my audience is corrections officers. I, I think it's like they're almost cut from the same cloth as the military. So I'm thinking they don't want PowerPoint in a, you know, a collared shirt. Right. Oh, guys, here's the signs of suicide. Don't kill yourself. I, was just, I got up there and I was just real with them. And I just brought it out with them. And it led into this career I have now, public speaking. I, the right people were in the audience and it flew into something so much bigger. And I couldn't be more humbled about that. If that makes sense. Like, just to be a part of, like, but that that first time I did it, I got to tell you, dude, I was scared shitless. Like, what do you want me to say? But yeah. this is what it led to now. Well, you got to know your audience too. Like, you got to know who you're speaking to. I mean, like correctional officers, uh, law enforcement, it's pretty much the same crowd that you have as, you know, with the military. Um, so, yeah, with public speaking, and like you said, you, you just got to know um, the audience and who you're talking to. Well, I'm Let's not going to drop a bunch of F-bombs to a bunch of high school kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not like they haven't heard it before, but. <laughs> yeah. So what's been the what's been the best moment so far, man? With you being involved with uh, Operation Enduring Warrior, uh, Oscar Mike Foundation, what's been uh, best moment or moments that you've had? Well, earlier this year, I mean, there's we've done a quite a bunch of awesome stuff, goals that I've achieved, and um, goals that some of our uh, honorees have achieved as well. Earlier this year in the summer. That gentleman I spoke about before, his name is uh, Matthew Bradford. Like mm-hmm. I said, he was a, a corporal in the Marine Corps. He stepped in an IED in Haditha, lost his legs, lost his vision. So you can imagine, you know, what this guy's life is like. And automatically, when he, on paper, it's like, oh, my God, that sucks. You want to have pity for somebody like this. Well, this dude just climbed. We didn't, we didn't um, get to the top, but we got to the bottom of the glacier of Mount Rainier's. So I want you to picture a guy with no legs and no vision climbing Mount Rainier. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it, was, it was a huge struggle not for, for myself as well. I mean, I'm struggling as well, but being an awesome team in OEW and um, helping him and myself, I'll be honest with you, because I'm struggling to reach our goal to get where we did. Um, unfortunately, we lost our time. With, um, we didn't reach the goal we wanted to. 
for logistic reasons, which I won't get into, but we're going to give it another shot next year. It's moments like that. I feel like watching guys like Matt Rapper reach their goal or, um, Guys like Nick Kolchar. Nick Kolchar lost both his legs in Iraq as well back in 2008. And Nick reached out to us running OC, his first ever Spartan race. And uh, the dude's an animal. Um, he uh, he crawled the whole damn course. Not in a wheelchair, not wearing prosthetic legs, but he crawls this, this course in uh, Milwaukee. It was in Milwaukee Brewer Stadium. That's where the race was. And his first ever race, and that's how he decides to, to do this race. And it's, you know, the human spirit is just alive and well in these guys. And you look at a paper, and the first thing you want to do is give them pity. But then I got to tell you, when you're out there and seeing these guys perform and just kick ass at life, it's just like, what's there to give pity about? Mm. They're overcoming what was thrown on their lap. Yeah. And it's it's moments like like those working with our, our honorees makes me so proud to be a part of these organizations. And I'll be honest, they helped me get where I'm at today. All right. So, um, guys, we're talking to Earl Granville. He's a Purple Heart recipient, man. Complete badass. <laughs> He's been involved with Operation Enduring Warrior, Oscar Mike Foundation, helping wounded and disabled veterans live an active lifestyle. So, Earl, um, what's, my next question is, what's led you to become the man that you are today? I think what helped me lead where I'm at now in life is it it didn't happen overnight but I stopped letting my past of the adversities that happened define who I am mm-hmm. you know like I, there was a moment where I had self-pity and I felt I played a victim like especially when my brother died like everyone needs to feel sorry for me and this shit that I endured in life and when I stopped letting that define who I am and actually stepped out of my comfort zone and actually challenged myself, I'm like, I'm not going to fucking let, I'm going to stop feeling sorry for myself because it's not getting me anywhere in life. There's such a victim mentality in society today. And does that get you anywhere in life? When I stopped living like that, I started moving forward. I started challenging myself more physically, um, challenging my you know prosthetic leg, and living a life once again. And what did that lead to? That led to helping other people out, helping guys in situations like this for the physical and the mental, losing my leg and losing my brother. And I think for anybody in life, when you just let go of that past and not let it define who you are and really step out of your comfort zone and change that shitty attitude, you're going to accomplish anything in life. And it's, I, I just think to myself, like I look back eight um, in two weeks, I'm looking at my calendar now, in two weeks will be eight-year anniversary of my brother's passing. And if you told me eight years ago that this is what I'm doing, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? But right. it's um, actually moving forward and just still being happy, still living a healthy life, not defining my past injuries, make me who I am, really just I could go on all day about this shit. So that's it. No, no, that's it, man. Let's just, the whole point is just to keep moving forward, man. Like like you, you brought it up, man. Like the past is, is in the past. We can't do anything um, to change that. Um, So all we have to look forward for is what's the today, what you have Mm -hmm. today. And let's just, let's all just be thankful for, uh, for still being here. 
and uh, just keep moving forward. Absolutely. Um, so Earl, so what's your definition? Give us your definition of being fit and why is it important to you? Being fit is uh, not going to the mailbox winded, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, being fit, right I, uh, there's a lot, I, I, I look at a definition like that. You look at physically fit, you look at, and look at mentally fit. I mean, those two aspects of life right there. I think, you know, is uh, being fit, I feel like is just uh, challenging yourself and moving forward with yourself. And yeah, I feel like I'm in shape. I feel like I'm fit, but that doesn't end there. You should always be up to par in your physical fitness and your, in your peakness being fit all around physically and mentally leads a healthy and happy life. I mean, I guess it's a very broad definition that I'm giving here, but these being fit in a nature like that, I think is uh, very important for a healthy and happy life in all of us. I mean, that's just not military. That's society in general. Right. And not just physically, but mentally is like the, the important aspect of it. Just mentally. Being I think fit. being, being physically active leads to a mental, uh, mental fitness as well. Mm. Letting all those endorphins. I mean, I for my no, that's that's true. Yeah. My personal experience has definitely led to that. Um, I wouldn't be this mentally fit if it wasn't being physically fit, challenging myself, making those goals for myself. You know, I, and we look at guys like we talked about how guys always live in the past. When I started making those physical goals and challenging my my disability. It feels good every time, my first time I ran, the first time I crossed the finish line doing this or went this much distance. And that's also helping me mentally, if that makes any sense. Right. Well, Earl, so uh, it's been a great interview. Um, so coming up on the last portion of our uh, interview here. So this is where I ask my guests uh, the five fitness facts. Are you ready? Sure. All right. So uh, Earl, what's your favorite workout? My favorite workout, um, anything with a rope climb. Any, you know, I, I do CrossFit, and every time we have a rope climb in that workout, I love it. CrossFit with a rope climb, all right. What's your least favorite? You know, I run marathons, and I fucking hate running long distance. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes I just got to get that check in the box. Yeah. So how do you do it, man? Like, I, I hate running as well, like... <laughs> <laughs> running especially a marathon like what do you, you know what? what do you uh, what do you think about when you're running i got good tunes going in my earbuds yeah uh, you <laughs> i just keep you going being that being that i'm an amputee i get to i qualify for having a guide with me and sometimes oh. I, don't, I don't need a guide it's just someone to bullshit with so, yeah yeah someone you good, talk to good company is always good <laughs> yeah <laughs> And you know what it ends up? My buddy Johnny Lopez, he just guided me in the New York City Marathon last year or last month. And um, Johnny's never run New York before. So I was like, hey, man, if you like running the New York City Marathon, well, come along with me. Wow, that's, that's awesome, man. Mm -hmm. So uh, next question. If you had to choose one person you could train with, who would it be and why? Oh, The Rock. Because he's a freaking goofball, man. Jerry Paul's IG, man. Yeah, yeah. He's just a fucking goofball, man. Like in a good way. Like he just yeah. like down to earth good too. And the guy's yeah. Jack, man. I mean, he shows his cheat meal up the other day and just eating a huge Hawaiian pizza all by himself. I'm like, all right, I'm doing something wrong because my cheat meals don't look like that. He has like a stack of pancakes for breakfast or something. <laughs> I seen like a, one of his photos. 
Just unreal, great. man. Yeah. So uh, recommend a book for our listeners to read. Man Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Man. It's, um, you ever read it? I love that book. Every, I, yeah. I read that in college and um, anybody out there, you know, I'll talk about it a little bit. Viktor Frankl was, uh, was in Auschwitz during the Holocaust mm. and he talks about what helped him survive. And we talk about mental fitness. Mm. Um, he made himself goals every day. If he even went, was able to go out in the yard and move a rock to point A to point B, that was his goal for the day. If he saw somebody who was struggling a little worse than him, um, he would share some of this food with him. That was his goal for the day. Mm. And it's crazy when your whole life is in jeopardy and it looks like people are just dying all around you, putting in furnaces, and you find still find meaning every single day. I mean, it's, it's such a power. It's a quick read. I read it one night. It's like 90 pages. I recommend anybody. That's Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Yeah, I read that book twice. Um, guys, talk about adversity, man. Like every day facing adversity, trials, and just trying to live every day. You know, sometimes yeah. I think of people when they say, oh, we treat, I don't want to, this isn't politics, but people say that's like the Holocaust. This is like, you, you hear it in today's society, this is, that's, that's like the Holocaust. And I'm just thinking like, I want you to read that book and yeah. think about what you're saying there, right? Yeah. I was never there. But I can't even imagine anything like that. Yeah, definitely, man. So uh, next question. Tell us your favorite quote and why. Favorite quote? Yeah. Um, change. Change is good. If you're not changing, you're not growing. Mm. I look at what did we talk about before? You said you mentioned um, guys in the military just love to live in the glory days in the past. Right. Well, guys, you got to close that chapter and change. Find a new passion in your life. Something that makes you want to move forward and thrive once again. Just like when you wore that uniform. We're always changing. We have to evolve. It's life. Yeah, sooner or later, guys, one day you're not going to be wearing that uniform anymore. And pretty much the government is not, it's not going to care about you after that, honestly. So, uh, you know, we got to, you got to, like what Earl was saying, you got to find that passion. You got to find that next, uh, that next mission, right? Next mission that you want to move forward to. Absolutely. So Earl, um, again, thank you for joining me here on the show, uh, for allowing me to uh, share your story. Um, I have one final question for you. How can I help you? How can you help me? Well, first of all, I think you just having me on your show is um, it's humbling. and It's uh, spreading a message that I love to spread so much that's helped me quite a bit already. And um, all I just ask is, you don't even have to say my name or anything. Spread what we talked about today. I think that's important enough. And not just our military, just society in general. Right. I think we just need to understand that, look, life's going to suck sometimes. I don't care who the fuck you are. Heavy shit's going to fall on your lap. You know, and adversity is never a pissing contest either. What may be heavy for some may be very light for others. All we got to do, though, is teach people the healthy way, whether it's light or heavy, the correct way to help with that adversity. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Before I end, I want to show you something since we're talking about adversity here. Yeah, yeah. 
itself, man. <laughs> is that a cement block? Yeah, so I want to show you what this is, dude. So what this is, this is a cinder block and a chain, and I got a schmogger on it. This is the schmog I was wearing when I got blown up. Um, this is uh, Cindy the cinder block. <laughs> fucking funny, right? <laughs> so what Cindy represents is a heavy mental adversity that we're going to face in society. All that struggling that we're going to face, guilt, depression, anxiety, stress, loss of a loved one. You know, a career change. We're getting out of the military. What the fuck are we doing ourselves now? Right. You know, all that shit that holds us down to stop, stops us from enjoying life, okay? The idea of Cindy is we run our races in Oscar Mike carrying this, okay? And we all take turns carrying that weight together. It's We call it a team weight. If you guys done go rucks before, uh, we have what's called a lot of team weights in go rucks. So we all take turns carrying that weight together. We work as a team, just like we do with this on our Spartan races with Oscar Mike. So where does that come into play with all the adversity? In our life, we have to understand that you don't have to carry that weight by yourself. Mm -hmm. I feel like in our, our struggles with the military, our armed forces, they don't like to ask for help sometimes. But understand, life's going to get heavy, dude. And there's no way around it. It's going to suck. But Mainly, we're resilient. We can figure it out. We can push through. Sometimes, though, we get lost. It's all right to pass that weight off to somebody else, man. You don't have to carry that bullshit by yourself. We're human, man. And as humans, let's work together to find what we need in our lives ourselves. Talk so. to somebody. Look, man, I saw a counselor when I lost my brother. Right. And that was, that, talk about stepping out of your comfort zone. That fucking yeah. sucked. But I think that was one of the reasons that made me successful today. And it made me get into the idea. That's what I'm getting at my degree in now in counseling and human services. To understand, look, man, we're fucking human. Don't mm -hmm. carry this shit by yourself. Talk to somebody, man. Let, let, that, let that out of your, let that out of you, you know. Um, share that story and um, relieve that burden. Absolutely, dude. Awesome, man. So Earl, again, thank you again for uh, joining me here and for allowing me to share your story. Um, for guys, if you guys um, watching this right now, make sure you guys check out Earl, um, check out the Operation Enduring Warrior, Oscar Mike Foundation, and see what they're all about, guys. All right, guys, till then, we'll see you guys soon. Keep changing lives. Thanks for having me, dude. Take care, you guys. All right.